0: Hello everyone. We have Nina Nash on today's episode. She's all the way over in the UK. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her and hear her story. Nina, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever
1: you'd like. Thank you. Um, Hello everybody. Um, So I I have listened to a few of your podcasts um, before, so I'll just start from the beginning. So um, I met my husband Ian at work in 2015 um so our relationship blossomed quite quickly um we would sort of meet up every day after work and we would just spend a lot of time together and we saw each other every single day um, we sort of got to know each other and in love really quickly um so fast forward um ian proposed in september 2016 and we got married in march 2017 um, so it's only sort of um six months to um get get things ready for the wedding and so things did move quite quickly for us and i don't regret things moving fast Um, you know it's the best decision that i've ever made um to be with him and i wouldn't have got through the next challenges that we faced if it wasn't for him Um, it's his total calm nature he's got such a positive attitude a positive nature and it's really helped me get through um this this hard experience I, i just feel so lucky I feel like the luckiest woman alive to have him. Um, so after we got married one day, we spoke about um, sort of moving into a bigger house, um, sort of what would be suitable for our for our future, for how, the, the, how many kids we wanted. Um, and we started looking into suitable areas with good schools as well. Um, and then I'm sure like many women, um, you know, it's always been my biggest dream to be a mum. Um, I want nothing more in life than to be a mum, even since I was young, I've always just wanted to be a mum. So then we decided to anyway, wait to try for a baby until we settled into our new home, um, which we moved into in 2019. So six months after we had moved into our new family home, um, as such, um, we decided that, you know, we were ready to try for a baby. Um, We were sort of ready financially. We had the house set up and you know we just thought one day we were sort of away and we were on a spa weekend actually and um, we spoke about it and we just said okay let's just sort of try and we'll just see what happens um so I always did hear about people who said how they got pregnant within you know the first month or the first two months you know everybody around me who have had babies they got pregnant quite quickly um or people would say oh my god it was such an accident um or We weren't expecting it to happen so soon so to me getting pregnant the pregnancy journey it just sounded so easy um but nobody told me or spoke to me about how hard it all actually could be and unfortunately um it was only i only found out how hard it could be when we started trying for a baby so we're both really healthy and it took us about three months to get pregnant which you know it's not a massive it's not a long time Um, in my eyes it probably is quite quick Um, we didn't really know what to expect in terms of symptoms but I was definitely much more tired than normal and without going into too much detail um, parts of me was sore Um, so on the 21st of January 2020 we had a positive test and this was our first positive test We were so excited. Um, I honestly couldn't believe when I saw the positive test, even though I was sort of expecting it in a way, I still couldn't believe it. Um, Ian was so excited, and we were both so excited. I was crying, Ian was laughing at me for crying, Um, but we were just so happy um, that that we finally, you know, things were moving along. So from that moment that we did see the pregnancy, uh, the sort of positive result, pregnancy test, um, we were talking about, um, you know, what we would do with this baby, and um, we had a whole plan for this baby. We had a whole future for the baby. Um, you know, I imagined a life with this baby. I didn't know what they looked like, but holding them in my arms, even though I didn't, again, I didn't know what they looked like, but I just imagined it. And you know, I planned out a whole future for, for them. We didn't really tell anybody um, that we were pregnant because we did want to wait a little bit. Um, but I did want to tell um, a couple of people just in case anything happened and, you know, if I needed some advice. So I told my big sister that week. So I wanted to do, a I wanted to be a bit cheesy. So what I did was I ordered a baby grow, um, which said, uh, Masi, which means auntie in Punjabi. Um, I can't wait to meet you in October 2020. And we then planned to tell my mother-in-law a week later uh, with again, a surprise baby girl, which you know, we had this whole idea of putting the baby girl in her oven and setting off the timer, oven off of course, um, just setting off the timer and making her think, oh, what was that? Um, And just checking and finding it. But unfortunately, um, we didn't make it that far and we couldn't tell my mother-in-law. So a few days after telling my big sister, I started spotting on Friday. I got paranoid um, because obviously you see blood and you instantly think something's wrong. I spoke to my sister who has had a baby, so I knew she would. She might know or she would know what it was or if she experienced the same, she could sort of advise me on what it was. So she said it was normal and not to worry. It's just implantation bleeding. Um, you know, I used the famous Mr. Google um, and I tried to be calm about it. A few days later, on the 26th of January, the bleeding had increased massively and um, I passed a really big clot. I knew that something wasn't right Um, and I was alone at this point because Ian was away on a trip. Um, I really just needed him. I really just wanted him home. Um, I called him straight away. Um, I said something's wrong and I, I don't know what to do. Um, I broke down and I just didn't know what was happening. Um, Ian was a couple of hours away, so he called his mum to come over and be with me. I didn't want to tell her this way, um, but I really couldn't be alone. Um, And My big sister also came rushing over after I called her as well. I couldn't have got through this time without them, and I was going crazy, pacing across rooms, sitting above the stairs, crying on the phone to my sister while she was on the way. I was just a complete mess. The same day, um, I called our one 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 service, um, which is um, not the paramedics, but it's sort of not life threatening um, sort of a phone number um, to um, medical services. <coughs> And they advised me to rest for now, and someone will call me back. Ian was home by this time, and we were sitting anxiously um, for what felt like days, um, but we sat anxiously for about 10 hours until they called. Um, And all they said was, you know, the next morning, go and see your GP, which was what I did. So on the Monday, they sent me to the early pregnancy unit, where they ran some tests, And they said that the tests will come back to me later that day so there was more waiting not knowing what was happening um, i spoke to one of my best friends um, whilst i was on a walk and i broke down and deep down even though i didn't know what it was or what it looked like i knew that something had happened (coughs) and so the results came back later that day um and i had the worst news ever, um, you know, I, I got the call from the nurse. She said, sadly, um, it looks like you, you've you had a miscarriage. Um, and from that point, I just closed off. I sort of, I didn't want to speak to anybody. I didn't, you know, Ian said, Ian tried to hug me. I sort of ran away. Um, I ran into the shower and I just broke down. I just wanted to be alone. and. You know, me and Ian, we do everything together. He's always by my side, but I don't know what it was. Um, I was just completely broken. So it took me about a week to stop crying myself to sleep every single night. And Ian's not a crier, but he cried. Um, I hate that what happened, or the fact that my body rejected this baby, hurt him so much. I kept thinking, what have I done wrong? What is happening? Please baby, just don't go. We want you so bad, we want you so much and we need you so much. Unfortunately, it just couldn't be and we did lose our baby. The GP told us to do another pregnancy test a week later just to make sure that um, we, did, we did get a negative test and then all is okay if we did get a negative test. Um, I didn't know that I was gonna see a negative test, but yeah, it sort of broke me seeing that negative test. I wanted to be pregnant so badly, I just wanted this baby. I didn't want to wait to um, try again for another baby, but the GP had told us to wait for my next period to try again, so we did that. Um, so we got pregnant again after my next period, you know, pretty straight away. Um, and I found out I was pregnant again on the 17th of March, to 2020. And we were so shocked we just didn't think that it would happen so soon and you know the first time we were trying um but I noticed one thing when I did the test the line was so much darker like so so much darker than the first time so I I sort of had really really high hopes for this one I thought what are the odds of it happening again um you know, it can't happen twice, surely. So, I just, you know, I just sort of took every day as it came. Ian reassured me after sort of looking into some statistics um, that it's really low lot of it happening again. But I was still a little bit paranoid, but, but, you know, after going through it once, you will be paranoid. I kept sort of going to the toilet to check. Um, you know, it was driving me a bit mad. Um, I'd get the slight feeling and I'd just keep checking, just to check if I was bleeding. Um, And I also kept feeling my boobs just to make sure that they hurt. Oh, I was just so paranoid. Um, So lockdown for the UK started just a few days after we found out that we were pregnant. And again, we wanted to tell my my big sister and my mother-in-law first. So we had to do it over FaceTime. This pregnancy lasted um, quite a bit longer. So I went a few weeks, and on the seventh week, I had the most intense pain in my stomach. So I contacted my midwife um, because I wasn't sure what it was. Um, it wasn't, you know, I didn't experience this with the first pregnancy. Um, so I just didn't know what it was. Um, I didn't have any bleeding at this point. And she just, the midwife just sort of told me that it was my womb expanding and that it's normal. So I just tried to relax. A few days later, um, I started spotting. Now I'm freaking out. I was booked in for some scans and when we got to the hospital, they wouldn't let Ian in with me because of the coronavirus. I was so scared to be alone, but I just had to do it. I went in and because of how early it was, I was only at seven weeks. um, There wasn't a massive amount that they could see. They could just see the pregnancy stack. And and to me, that was, you know, my baby was in there. So I saw my baby. The nurse said um, that, we'll get some bloods done, and then I have to come back in 48 hours for some more bloods. And then we should see that my HCG levels have increased or doubled. Um, So still I had no answers and it was still some more waiting. They didn't tell me if if our baby was okay. So we waited a few days. And a few days before my second bloods, um, I started passing clots. On the 30th of March, I passed the biggest clot I've ever seen. It was the size of my hand. It was so big. I I couldn't believe it. Um, I I just stared at it. You know, I was sitting on the toilet. I just stared at it and I just cried. It happened again. I knew it had happened again. I knew the pain wasn't normal. Our baby, again, was, you know in my hand yet again and there was nothing that I could do Uh, there was nothing that either of us could do so this time we were so fed up um, after sort of losing this baby um, you know in a way my thoughts were I want to try again I want to keep trying no matter how many times it happens But on the other side, I was sort of thinking how many times is too much, you know, how how much is enough is enough kind of thing. So instead, we sort of decided to wait and see how we felt in a couple of months. So I know Ian's always wanted a little sausage dog. So I said, let's just do it, you know, he'll bring us some love, um, some hope and maybe put our minds to something that we can love and care for in the meantime so then we came par- we we became parents to our fur baby and our little sausage dog um is a miniature dashland and his name is Bruno he's brought us so much love and um, we had him on the 4th of June um and honestly is the cheekiest boy um he's he keeps us busy and we adore him so much and it's fair to say that he's very spoiled but he has helped our healing so much and we are so grateful to have found him. (coughs) So we decided to wait after um, the second miscarriage to try again um, because we were both completely broken and devastated. Um, We tried some other remedies um, which were recommended by by a good family friend, um, which was um, some herbal teas to apparently heal the wound um and we didn't try again until we didn't decide to try again until four months later um so we decided to try again in July but we weren't actively trying um you know we just thought okay um if it happens it happens and you know whereas before I was sort of logging the days and you know logging the days that would sort of um have sex or whatever just to sort of know that okay we've got it on the right time I wasn't doing that I just thought We'll see. And if it happens, it happens. If I miss a period, I miss a period. Um, so we thought that so when when the time sort of come around my period, um we thought I did think no, I don't think I am, I don't think we did it in the right time. So no, but anyway, um my period was late. So my period's something that's always been on time, so it was really unusual for this to happen. So I did a test um and it came back positive so we were really shocked um and but this time round, neither of us were excited um i think we wanted to just take each day as it came like you know i'd wake up in the morning and be like hey yeah okay i'm still pregnant today great everything's okay i just that's how i wanted to sort of go about this one i know it's not a great feeling but it's just what i had to do um so on the 10th of july i went in for some bloods because i started spotting um and obviously i wanted to get in as soon as possible in case there was something that could be done unfortunately the same day the hospital had called me and said that my hcg was wet, was too low um and unfortunately um i was miscarrying for the third time after my third after this third one which is only uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um I, I was just completely numb. I couldn't cry. Um I didn't know how to feel. I was just absolutely numb. Um Ian was numb. We just did not know what to say to each other. We didn't know what to say to ourselves. We were just lost for words. Um so we've we have started healing now um, we're sort of getting getting there. Um I'm I've, I've I've had my um, period after that miscarriage, after my third miscarriage. So, in a way, I'm I'm hoping that my body's back to normal. Um, my period came at the time that it was supposed to, so I'm hoping that it's okay. But I guess I just don't. It's a question where it's like, when is when is enough enough? I'm in that sort of limbo now where. Do, do we keep trying? Yes, I want to keep trying because I want to be a mom so badly. But, <clears throat> you know, is it going to keep happening? The, the only good thing, I guess, is we because, because we've had three um, miscarriages in a row now, um, it means that we'll have some tests done um, to find out why it keeps happening. Um, so if there is something wrong with, with my body, then, um, you know, hopefully it can be fixed. So I guess what we're sort of trying to do now is just waiting to see the fertility doctor and just take it from there, I guess. So after my first loss, I was quiet. Um I, I you know, I was probably like like a few people. I, I didn't want to speak about it. I, I was somewhat ashamed. Um, and it wasn't until like my second miscarriage that I became quite vocal about miscarriages, my miscarriages. Um and you know, I read a blog um and till this day, I continue to be vocal and speak by openly and speak openly generally about pregnancy loss um sadly, everyone, if not themselves, will know somebody or if if not themselves will know somebody um who has suffered from miscarriage. I'm not sure whether people do get sick of it um you know when i'm when I'm posting things on social media, but I'm trying to break the silence in my own community. Um I'm sure they don't get sick of it, but um, I'm gonna keep doing it anyway. Um, so um I almost felt like I almost feel like I have, you know, the perfect relationship, I've got the perfect husband, um, I've got a good life with my husband, I've got a lovely home. Um now I've got this lovely little puppy. And I almost feel like this the this journey, this pregnancy journey, was something that was waiting to be thrown at us just to test our strength. And honestly, it has done that. It's tested us um, on another level. Um, but you know, we're gonna be stronger and we are stronger together after this. Um, so after my second loss, I did actually find a support group. Because nobody around me could understand how I felt and I couldn't speak to anybody. Um, they could only sort of the people around me could only be there for me and listen to me. And all they were all, all that was said was, you know, you'll be okay, you're a strong person, you've got through so much before you can get the, you can get through this. I needed somebody though to feel my pain. So I'm glad that I found this group. Um this group is called Cradle. Um and i had some sort of support sessions support group sessions with them and i felt so much better speaking openly with cradle um i'm also now an ambassador for cradle because i feel like i'm a sort of i feel like you know through my pain i want to help other women and so that's that's what i'm doing and so i'm currently in the process of setting up a comfort bag project um which is given to women at hospitals who um have confirmed pregnancy um loss or miscarriage so um I'll never sort of forget what what's happened I'll never forget you know anything that's happened and it will always hurt and I know I'll never get over it instead I sort of say to myself you know I have and we have gotten through it and we will get you know if, if it does happen again, we will get through it again. So throughout this, um, I have had some people not say a thing to me, um, even though they know it has happened. This hurts me a lot, and I get so angry when people don't mention it. I do want people to acknowledge what's happened, and I want to talk about it. Um, I'd rather people said the wrong thing than nothing at all, because at least they're acknowledging what's happened, they're acknowledging the pain I'm in, and acknowledging um the plans that we had which have now been shattered and sometimes you know i'm not as strong as people make it out to be um i guess maybe it is an awkward topic and yeah it is but you know everybody everybody has sex that's what happens in marriage um but is it my sort of point is to people who don't want to speak about it or don't are scared to confront me is it awkward because you know because of the fact that to make a baby you have to have sex is it awkward because you're sad um for me even though i'm the one that lost my baby i just i just don't know and um this is why i sort of speak out um to break the silence within my, even if it's just my community of family and friends um, to be a voice for those who can't speak about it yet because it's too painful. To let people know that I've been through it and because, you know, God forbid it happens to them or anyone that they know, at least they know that I'm here and I've been through it, and I will share their pain, and I can always be an ear to listen or a shoulder to lean on. So I just sort of want to say to anybody who's listening right now, um, who might be suffering or has suffered. I hear you. I am with you. And you will get through this. I promise you. And that's sort of my journey. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to share that. And um, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so much
0: for doing this. I couldn't do this without you girls who are willing to share your stories. I always ask at the end of every episode, um, even though I already feel like you've done this, but if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be?
1: Um, one piece of advice would be, I think. Um, so I'm I'm the type of person who doesn't speak a lot. So if if you're that person, you know, don't be ashamed of this. Do not be ashamed if you want the help or if you need the help. You know have a quick look speak to your GP um, speak to your family somebody will know somebody who can speak to you and you know if not help share the pain then you know be a be a shoulder to cry on so please speak out
0: absolutely and if somebody wants to reach out to you where could they do so
1: um so you can do so on Facebook Um, So, it's Nina Nash on Facebook. Um, I've also, I'm just trying to think where else. I'm also on Instagram. Um, That is also Nina Nash. Um, Yeah, so that's it and I'll link that in the description of this episode so if somebody wants to reach you
0: reach out to you, leave you a message um, maybe they are able to relate to your story as well, that would be awesome you guys, go ahead, reach out, that's what this is all about as community, thank you so much Nina for doing this, it's fresh for you and so I wish you the best of luck moving forward and you'll have to keep us posted
1: yeah, I will definitely will do awesome, okay, we'll chat soon yeah
0: i <laughs>